is part two of Career Conversations, a discussion about career transition. If you haven't listened to part one yet, please start there and then come back here for part two. I am not going to guess. I have a feeling where what your third um, example is going to be, but you you tell me what your what the third scenario is that you that you um, had in mind. Yeah, so this scenario has to do with a possible career change, sure. and this could happen early, mid, or late career. Really, True. yeah. And I'm calling this person Leanne. So <laughs> okay, Leanne has worked really hard to reach senior level manager um, in a consulting firm. But the job requires her to do quite a lot of traveling. And it requires long hours and sometimes weekend hours. She finds herself feeling increasingly dissatisfied with the lack of work-life balance in this role. And she's beginning to wonder if, she should make a change. Maybe she should really pivot outside of, you know, from consulting to something else. Sure. Um, and she's feeling a lot of dissonance with what she thought she wanted and what she was building towards. Um, and this lack of fulfillment that she is experiencing largely due to a uh, lack of work-life balance. And so in this situation, I think the four S's, I'd like to, I'd love to apply the four S's. Yeah. So if Leanne asks herself, okay, what is the current situation and what stressors might be playing into what's happening? So let's say Leanne has a family. Right. She has to spend quite a bit of time away from family. And that's really um, emotionally draining, physically and emotionally draining for her. Well, something for her to consider is in this role, can she make some sort of a change where she might not have to travel so much or where she may not have to spend so many hours in the evenings or on the weekends? Is that a possibility? So that's the situational question. And then the self question, I think I'd love to turn this towards her values. So what are Leanne's values? Is she living them out in her work? You know, is the work-life, work-life balance is a huge uh, factor for so, for all of us. And often does prompt us to make, you know, decisions to move from one career or one job you know, to another, but there could also be some values at play of, um, is Leanne living out the values and principles that are dear to her? Is is her work congruent with an expression of those values or is the work getting in the way? That's something to consider as well. And then um, support, the third S, if she chooses to make a career pivot, uh, who in her net- network could support her sure. to either to make that pivot, to get a different job? Um, can she financially sustain a career yeah. break? Right. Yeah. That's a huge you know? yeah. portion of it. Right. So should she slow play this where she's thinking about making that career change, but biding her time doing the things, being proactive along the way, but keeping the job, because sure. financially, she or her family may really need it. 
Right. And then finally, the fourth S is really what are her options? And so yeah. having worked through those first three S's, I think she would be in a better place to, to be able to identify here are some scenarios that, that could play out and what is ideal for me and my community, my family, um, what's possible, what's feasible, uh, what's desirable. Right. And so thinking through the multiple alternatives and strategies, I think could be helpful to somebody like uh, Leanne. Yeah. I'm also thinking back to your comments earlier about how we really we're, we're many people in one, in one self and especially someone who's making a, a big moving industries or moving, com- you know, changing their career or their work completely and be a big transition just of how they think of themselves too. I think you, you mentioned that earlier, but I was just thinking through in your example of Leanne, that that would probably be something as she's thinking through herself that S of, of something that she would probably consider as well. Yes. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I love that. So we've talked um, about a few different types of transitions now um, and you gave us some great examples. Are there strategies that people can leverage to navigate some of these changes that might apply broadly? Obviously every situation will be unique, but maybe some ideas for people to consider. Yes. Uh, so a couple of these I have kind of mentioned. So yeah, yeah. somewhat repetitive, but. That's okay. Um, it's always good for us to hear it over and over again before it gets in our brains. <laughs> yeah, we, we often need to hear things more than once for it to stick. So the first thing I would say is, is do some sense making. So slow down, notice and pay attention to what is happening, both externally outside of the self, but also internally. And also how other people are involved in the situation. Uh, So, you know, taking that pause, noticing what's happening, paying attention to the thoughts and emotions that are creeping up, uh, paying attention to that dissonance is really healthy very constructive and it can feel uncomfortable to, to stop because especially if we're on a timeline of sorts where mm. we feel like we have to make yeah. a transition quickly, we don't feel like we have the uh, luxury of taking that time. Sure. Yeah. Sense making and noticing what's happening. Really it's a practice of mindfulness does not have to take a lot of time, but um, it, it can be a, just a critical part of moving through transition. Well, the other thing I would say is connect, connect with people in your network and reconnect with people, you know, who were part of your life, you know, prior to where you are today. Um, Herminia Ibarra talks about strengthening our weak ties. You know, weak ties can be representative people, maybe who are former coworkers, former bosses, mentors or leaders. Um, that we've just lost touch with. And, you know, the purpose of LinkedIn is that, well, we have a lot of those contacts there. Reconnect with folks, have a conversation. You're not necessarily asking people for a job, but you're you're asking to reconnect. It's it's really, you want to reconnect relationally. And 
sometimes those weak ties are places where, you know, we can get sort of that inspiration or maybe a catalyst for connection yeah. for the next, the next thing or the next person that we ought to talk to in yeah. terms of our journey. Yeah. I think that also ties back to the support that we were talking about earlier. Maybe this was true for me in, in my transition. I ended up reaching out to some people on LinkedIn just to sort of put feelers out and, and make those reconnections. Um, but it also was helpful to just talk to people who were outside of my direct circle. So I could speak a little bit more freely to them about what my goals or my hopes were for my transition. And they were maybe some of them had, had similar situations. Maybe they hadn't. Um, and I will also say they were all so lovely. It was so nice to make those connections. And I found that reaching out to people on LinkedIn, um, it always feels a little scary to me. Um, but it, people were so happy to catch up for 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was. Um, and I've also had people reach out to me all sort of in the reverse. And I'm always so happy to, if I can, to fit time on my calendar and say like, Hey, yeah, I'm happy to connect and chat or offer whatever insight I can. So I love, I love that idea of connecting and, and reconnecting. Yeah, I love your examples there, Michaela. It reminds me of um, what Adam Grant, who's an organizational psychologist, what he says about uh, building relationships and connecting gives people, gives all of us a way to be generous with each other. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And um, and I think sometimes we we forget that you know, we're here for each other and we can use these opportunities, even if it's 10 or 10 or 15 minute conversation sure. um, to, to just express our gratitude and generosity. And we, right. do, we do that in, in community. So I love what you just said about how you went about reaching out to people on LinkedIn, but also sort of outside of that circle. Yeah. Yeah. And it ended up um, being extra fun because then when I was able to, put on LinkedIn, like, Hey, I, I got a new job. I had some of those people reaching back out, like, congratulations, because they were, had been a little bit involved, not, not truly, you know, deeply involved, but I had spoken to them over the months and, uh, as I was going through the transition. And so it made it extra fun to be able to celebrate a little bit with them as well. And, and they were so excited. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. Yes. I forgot okay. about one other, one other I know. thing. <laughs> we got a little, <laughs> we got too excited. Okay, so what, what else you got for me? The third one is to experiment. Um, okay. So, and, and I want to credit Herminia Ibarra on this one as well. It's out little experiments um, that are low stakes, you know, lower risk, where, you know, you get to, to do something in a different way, or you get to try out um, a skill that you haven't been able to apply before. And this would be, for example, if I go back to the scenario with, I think it was Mary, who's in a new management position, mm, yeah. right? Where she's feeling like an imposter because no one's ever like formally trained her on how to be a good leader. Sure. Um, if she can get some mentoring, she can, you know, maybe think about here's something I want to try with my team. 
in the next meeting. And it's a very sort of low stakes, low risk. He tries it out, gets some feedback on it, reflects on the experience herself in terms of what worked, what didn't work, what would I change the next time. Basically, you're just running an experiment, reflecting on what happened, and then you iterate on that experiment the next time if you want to try it again. And it's really through these small experiments that we do get better. We, we, I mean, we expand our skill set in that way. And the reason why I credit Ibarra with this is because um, a book out, uh, which I, I can't remember the title of right now. <laughs> Maybe it'll come to me. Okay, well. This conversation where she says that most of us think that we have to change our thinking about leadership before we can be a good leader. And she turns that on its head and says, no, we need to act in new and different ways that will ultimately change our thinking and our concept of leadership. So she says, do it, try it first, I, reflect on it. Because I do think we have very, like a very, very strong bias in our culture that leaders think the right things and then they can do <laughs> the right things. Right. And she's like, let's, let's reverse that. And I think experimentation is one way of doing so. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that idea. It kind of flips it on its head. Yeah. I want to go, go back a little bit. You talk, You were talking about sense-making. And that feels, in, in my head at least, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that feels sort of related to the storytelling of someone's life, of their career, of their work or job. Is that, am I understanding you correctly, is that sort of connected there? And yeah, then, I think yeah. they are connected. And um, there's this wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, psychologist named Carl Weick. Okay. Who looked at, who, who looked, sort of developed this theory around sense making. He's not the only one, but he uh, influenced that our thinking around sense making quite a bit. And he suggests that sense making enables us to come up with what could be so plausible stories about the future. Okay. And I think where storytelling comes into play with navigating career or work transitions is building this ability to tell stories about ourselves that are not quite, they're stories that are not quite yet. Like they're, Oh yeah. They're like open ended unscripted emergent stories but that's really what what is happening uh, kind of at that identity story level when we're moving through I mean some of the bigger changes that we do move through is what's what could happen and how am I moving this plot along so at a very basic level stories have a plot and a protagonist Sure. And if you think about a career or job work transition, um, the plot is whatever is happening with that transition. The protagonist is me. It's you. It's whoever's going through right. that change. And we often don't have a clear story of who we're going to be on the other side of that. 
we're experiencing it. And that's just, this is sort of that very liminal space, that in-between. Yeah. And there's a lot that can happen in that in-between um, space. And where we want to end up is probably getting to the end of here's what happened and here's my story. Let me tell you about it <laughs> Sure. Um, in a very coherent way. But when we're actually moving through the process of change, the not yet story is it, it's unfolding. Right. The exciting thing is that we get to be part of that. We get to drive that. The scary thing is we 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 get to drive that, but we're not quite sure how. <laughs> right. We're feeling all of the, sort of an intensity of of emotions um, as we're as we're going through. Yeah, I love that. So, how might people sort of leverage storytelling um, to to navigate a career transition? How can how can they use use that? Yeah, that is, uh, that's a great question. I think a million dollar question. <laughs> it, it is. I think it goes back to something that, um, Ibarra suggests, which is mm-hmm. think about the provisional story. So what is the story that's going to help me move through this event right now? And so if I go back to, um, I go back to Leanne's story where she's thinking about making a career pivot because she doesn't have work-life balance. Um, I think Leanne could ask herself, okay, where am I in my life right now? And how does what I'm going through relate to the bigger story about my life? So if Leanne, for example, is, uh, mid career and she has a vision of what, of the impact that she wants to make sure. in the world or on her community. Um, that's a bigger story is the right. impact that she wants to make. And so she can ask herself, does this chapter of my life right now fit in with that larger story? Is it in alignment with the book for you know? sure. yeah oh I like that and if it if it is then maybe she'll make some tweaks with the way her job is structured so she can continue to live out that story if it's really not that chapter really doesn't belong in that book then she might think about okay I need to I need to make a pivot. Now, when sure. to make that pivot is sort of another question, but I need to right. make that pivot because right. I want to leave in alignment with my with my bigger meta story, if you will, which is really sure. about values um, around the impact that she wants to have on on people. And so the chapter is kind of that provisional story of the larger book, if you right. will. And yeah. I story can also help in terms of reminding ourselves that this story, this mini story may not last forever. Right. Mm. That's helpful. Yeah. That is hard to go through. Right. Like this isn't going to last forever. There is going to be an kind of a a closure to this and a, and then a beginning of, of something else. So psychologically that can also be helpful. 
Yeah. I hope that makes some sort of sense. Yeah, it does. And I love that concept of a chapter in a book that, and thinking through, does this make sense in the larger story, in the larger book of my life? And I like that, that whole idea or that, that image, um, as we're talking about chapters in our lives and in our careers, in a, in an even larger or broader sense, um, changing our, or I'm asking a little bit of a different question here, but we're talking about how to sort of make career transitions, but in a sort of broader sense, do you think the idea of a career or work in general has shifted? Like it, it feels like it's over the years that idea has has shifted a little bit from what it used to be for people. Very much so. Uh, I would say that the nature and experience of modern work has evolved. So, for example, people can now hold multiple jobs concurrently. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes they have a day job, but then they moonlight somewhere else. Sure. Uh, in our gig economy, people have the side hustle. <laughs> yeah, lots of hustles going on. And sometimes people have multiple different careers over the course of their lives now. Sure. So the story about, you know, you you get your education, you get into a good organization, you pretty much are there for 30 to 40 years, and then you earn a pension. That story is very rare now. Sure. Very rare. Yes. And um, there's also, we're, we're just more migratory now as people mm -hmm. around yeah. than we used to. So, and then technology has shifted. So the rate right. at which we experience change personally, interpersonally, professionally, <laughs> um, you know, is influencing our traditional experience and even concept of work. And so I would say today, uh, describing career as more boundaryless and protean um, is more salient. And so, what do I mean by that? Well, sure. like a protean <laughs> career is one that we kind of we create ourselves. There's more agency involved. Okay. There's yeah. less scriptedness to it. Um, it it's more malleable. That can be helpful, but it can also hinder hinder us if we're longing for more structure. Sure. Um, but in that boundaryless and protean through concept of a career, um, we are finding uh, that agency, so self-direction, and fulfillment in work, both of those things are really important. And so the model of career success is not just about extrinsic measures of success, right. such as how much you get paid and um, your your promotions, your level of status, right? Going sure. beyond those extrinsic measures of, of success, career now has this psychological component where we want to have some measure of life satisfaction in the work that we do, job satisfaction. Yeah. We want to experience well-being, Right. Okay. So our jobs should help us uh, reach a higher level and a deeper level of well-being than before. And um, 
You know, we've all experienced uh, sort of a range of, of, of work that some of us experience more, you know, or, or less of that. And so yeah. I would say the career has shifted now where we're kind of figuring it out as we go and we're exercising yeah. a lot of agency so that we can have that life fulfillment. Um, but there are also, you know, economic sort of constraints that people are bumping up against as well. That's making, uh, the career sure. more complex than yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. How would you say it's influenced by, um, I'm sure partially by individuals and their values and, and what they're looking for out of a career, but also by our culture, our society. How does that all come into play? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, sort of career and work transitions are informed, um, as you're saying, by some of our individual characteristics. So, you know, our personality, our preferences, our sure. individual motivations and goals. But also, um, these transitions are informed by our environment and external factors, other people, our family of origin, right. our culture, our philosophical, religious, spiritual beliefs sure. and values. So I think culture does influence how we think about transitions and identity formation and how we move through so just to give you an example, maybe from my personal life is, you know, I am Korean American, um, Korean culture. It, it is really, it's deeply embedded in Confucian values and, okay. and ethics. And uh, Korean culture is very collectivistic. And so um, there's part of me that wants to think about my job just as my job as something sure. that me <laughs> satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. But it because I'm informed by my culture, um, I tend to think about my job as a vehicle that a vehicle for um you know for my family. So sure if okay something was to change with my job, it would have huge implications for my sort of nuclear family, but also right. my family. Yeah. So thinking not just about my partner and my kids, but also about my mom, who's a widow. Right. And, you know, and so it sort of radiates the value of a job sort of radiates outward. And the idea of a career for me is so embedded in a communal and relational framework. Mm. And that that does come from my culture. And I think that depending on um, whether we grow up in, in more individualistic or more collectivistic cultures will kind of sure. will experience kind of career on that continuum of sort of, you know, having to do with self or largely embedded with and related right. to other people. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating to think about. And I think that is true and, and can be different for each person, especially you being Korean American, you have both, sides, right? Of the Korean culture and, and those values and the American culture and, and those values and balancing that I'm sure has been, um, an interesting, um, <laughs> experience in your life, I'm sure. Yes, for, for sure. Interesting to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, <laughs> 
like that's a simple way to put it. Sure. No, no, it's it's true. It, it's- yeah, yeah, yeah. We have talked about so much really helpful info today. Um, and as we're wrapping up and sort of coming to a close, what would you like people to take away from this? What would I want people to take away from this conversation? <laughs> I know that's oh, hard. We've been, we've been talking for an hour. So now just uh, <laughs> in a, in some sense, what um, what would be, it doesn't have to be collective of everything we've talked about, but. Yeah. Yeah. So a few things that come to mind when we are navigating transitions, I would want people to pause and reflect on what's happening. So that sense-making piece, I think, is is critical. Number two, to remember that we're not alone. We don't have to go through transitions by ourselves. Uh, We can lean on other people and the wisdom of other people. And number three, uh, the transitions are part of life and we should normalize them and the, and, yeah. and uh, and the ambivalence that we feel about transitions that mix <laughs> positive and negative emotion. I mean, that's a, just a normal part of yeah. what change of what change is. And so, you know, transitions, um, they don't last forever, but we go through lots of transitions right. throughout our lives And uh, so I think ultimately, I'd love for listeners, for people to think a little bit more about moving through transitions in a mindful way, that we can build our own uh, resilience. And again, I think the journey is just as important as the destination. I love that. If people just listen to to that, I think they'll... um get a lot out of it, but I hope, I hope they hear the, the whole conversation because we've talked about so much wonderful and helpful info today. And I'm so glad that you've joined me. And if people want to continue learning from you or supporting you in your work, what's the best way for them to find you um, or, or support you? Yes. So I love, having conversations. <laughs> Me too. That's why we're, I think that's why we're here. <laughs> Absolutely. And so people can find me in a couple of ways. I'm on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, so people can connect with me there and uh, they can also just directly email me, Helen3Chung at gmail.com. Just send me an email and say, Hey, I'd love to connect. Um, I would welcome uh, a conversation. I, am uh, in higher ed, but I also do some coaching and consulting. So if sure. transition is something that people are going through and would love a perspective on or would love um, some coaching guidance on, I'm available for that too. So LinkedIn and then email me directly, Helen3Chung at gmail.com. And this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank oh, you, Kayla. Thank you so much. I have um, learned so much and also just really enjoyed chatting with you. I love how um, research really influenced our conversation, how you're pulling from all sorts of, of places. And uh, I, I find that really interesting. So now I'm excited to, to go back and reference some of the, the people that you 
uh, talked about in their work and, and learn even more from them. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thanks, Helen. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to Career Conversations, an audio series created for the University of Washington alumni community that focuses on deeper topics to help you create and sustain a fulfilling career. This series is one of many programs and events created and supported by the UW Alumni Association to keep alumni, students, and friends connected to the university and to each other. To explore more ways the Alumni Association can support you in your career or for you to mentor and support other UW alumni and students, visit uwalum.com. Learn more about programs like UW Husky Landing and Huskies at Work. You are a Husky for life, and there are many ways to stay connected and be more involved in your Husky community. Join us at uwalum.com. I'm your host, Michaela Gormley. Thanks so much for listening, and go dogs. Mm-hmm.